The Gophers get a great new addition at the point guard position. And also, could Jameson Battle really be heading to a conference rival? You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, usually Monday through Friday, but things have been a little bit wonky lately. Now, we were dropping a surprise or an extra show on the Saturday to make up for a missed day earlier this last week, but... April Fools, right? April Fools, no Saturday show, but on the real, I did 100% plan to drop the show on Saturday, but it was not intentionally that I didn't. Uh, My mom's house lost power for 14 hours yesterday, so I was helping her out, and I picked her up and brought her out to eat and came over for a little bit just to make sure that she was staying warm through the cold up until it started to rapidly heat up throughout the day. So we had to switch things up, but we're getting you that weekend show today. So I appreciate your patience. I appreciate you making Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. And this is the show where we always continue to row. So be sure if you're just finding it now to hit subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss any future content, especially with what we have coming up. But today we're talking a little bit of Gophers hoops. And I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the national championship game that is coming up tomorrow. Now, we've got San Diego State with Brian Dutcher as the coach playing against Utah or Utah, UConn, excuse me, with Dan Hurley as the coach over there. Now, the the San Diego State one hits a little bit different and a little bit harder for Gophers fans because you know that Brian Dutcher is an alumni of the University of Minnesota and could have wanted to potentially come here the last time the Gophers were looking for a coach. His buyout, in fact, was cheaper to go to the Minnesota Gophers than any other program because of that tie and that connection there. So it's a little bit different, but nonetheless, congrats to him. And hopefully he can go and bring home a national title. That would be awesome to see an alum of Minnesota do something like that. Now, we're not talking about the tournament today. We're talking about Gophers hoops. We're talking about the new addition of Mike Mitchell Jr. And then we're going to dive into Jamison Battle and we're going to dive into some transfer portal names to keep on your list. So be sure to tune in. Be sure to lock in. Lots to talk about today. And we're kicking it off with new point guard Mike Mitchell Jr. of the Golden Gophers. That's right. He joined, he committed, and he is ready to ball out for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. He comes from Pepperdine, which is in the WCC, along with Gonzaga and a number of other schools. And he was priority number one for this Minnesota Golden Gophers team. Now, he is a guard. He plays point guard, but he can play off the ball a little bit as well. Last season, he averaged 11.4 points per game, five assists per game, and 4.1 rebounds again. Again, Now, all those numbers seem relatively similar to a point guard we just lost as well, who is around 10 points a game, 
6.3 assists per game, and I believe close to that four rebounds a game as well. So those numbers look pretty similar. But outside of that, he shoots the ball a little bit more efficiently and takes a little bit more number of shots. So for Gophers fans, I'm sure people will be more excited about that. But he shoots from 44% from the three-point line as a sophomore, and he shot 76% from the free throw line. And I know some of those Gopher fans out there, let me tell you, Free throw percentage is a number they like to throw back and forth over there on Twitter. So you'll love to see the 76%. Now, a concern that he did have was he averaged three turnovers a game. So that's definitely got to come down because that is a high number. And that is a complaint that Gophers fans had all last season when it came to a number of the Gophers. But especially when talking about our former point guard, Talon Cooper, who averaged 27 turnovers a game so this is three higher than that so definitely a concern something we're hoping will tick down but we'll see because it is moving up in play when it comes to a better conference in the big 10 we'll see if that can get kind of under wraps and handled but he was a wcc all freshman team in 2021 2022 and then he also in that year averaged 9.1 points 4.9 assists and 3.9 rebounds so he gets it done on the assists both years so far in the league and or in the NCAA. And that is something that is very positive, very helpful for the Gophers and something that maybe the average fan looks past because a lot of fans just look at scoring, but I'm telling you, you got to look beyond scoring. It's not just about the points, especially when you're trying to build a program, a well-rounded oiled machine that can go out there and get it done. And people understand what their role is, how to play, what they're expected or what they're looking for that said player to contribute. They're not looking for every player to drop 15 points a game. That's just not how it happens. So Seeing that and knowing he's played heavy, heavy minutes in the WCC, 33.2 minutes per game as a freshman. He's got two to three years of eligibility left. I believe uh, it would be two. I think it would be a clean two because he wouldn't have been in impacted by COVID. So he's got two years of eligibility left over the next three years. And other teams that were in on him include Arkansas, Arizona, the team in the championship, San Diego State. Utah and a few others as well so not shabby names especially knowing he was out on the west coast in the west coast conference and he passed up on a team like San Diego State and Utah to come here to snowy Minnesota in the Big Ten and contribute and be a starting guard for the team now when you dive into the film for Mike Mitchell Jr there are some nice qualities in there he's not afraid to pull up from deep that is very clear from the jump when you watch his tape he often uses a step back, which we didn't see a whole lot of from any Gophers last year. If anything, Jameson Battle is probably the Gopher to use the step back the most. So he he has a decent usage of the step back. On top of that, his ball handling is clean and it's confident. So no more backing down the floor. Um in situations where it's a one-on-one -on -one and you're coming up court, not just backing and bully balling down to get across half court. No, he has a consistent ball handling and it's pretty good. It's pretty nice. So that is something to look forward to. 
one thing I noticed, he's got a decent floater game. He's got a nice touch on it. And so I'm excited to see the creativity around the rim. It's not just going to be drive and draw contact, but there are different attacks and approaches that he takes. So that was pretty nice. But when he does attack the rim straight up, he attacks aggressively and controlled. And that is something that Jaden Henley really needed more of last season. He always would go kind of wild to the rim, but he couldn't really draw contact. And then he would just kind of get bullied and either turn the ball over, maybe get it thrown down or different. Mike Mitchell Jr. attacks with control. So he has full body control and he doesn't just flail in the air, but he also attacks aggressively and tries to draw the contact plays through the contact and ready to make the the layups. So definitely good quality to have, especially when you're talking about your point guard, who maybe you don't find that all the time from. He has decent burst out of the hesitation. His step out of a hesitation or a move is very quick. So he's got a little subtle quickness to him, which you like to see. And then he's got some swagger about him on the court. He chirps a little bit when he he hits a three and gets fouled. He'll he'll give you the little count like Steph Curry. He'll give you um he'll give you communication on the defensive end when you're playing. And that a player who talks on the floor, I love it. I love it because it not only helps with your teammates and communication, but also it helps energize the team. It helps pick the team up in spurts where they're struggling, where they're getting cold and things like that. A player that can do that, an energizer is huge. We talked about this on the show last season and we just didn't really have a player that did that. Now, Parker Fox could have been a player to do it, but he was injured. Isaiah Enan maybe could have been a player who did that, but he was injured. So it's nice to have more energy guys, more guys to be vocal and pick things up and get it going and hype the team up and hype the crowd up. That type of player is going to be pertinent for a Gophers squad to continue to build confidence and move forward in trying to get out of cold streaks and things like that. Now, overall, There's two areas of potential concern with him. It's defensively just having the consistency. Now, there's moments, there's flashes. Again, like we saw with Cooper, there's moments, and it's not consistent. Like, you can get steals here and there. You can get blocks here and there, which help, but we're looking for the consistency, the all-out effort, and that communication part will be helpful as well. So we'll see if he can become more consistent on the defensive end and be a bigger contributor in that area. But I'm not, it's not something that I'm looking at him and thinking, oh yeah, this dude's going to be locked down defense, like Marcus Smart, Tony Allen, that type of dog defense, gritty. No, that's not Mike Mitchell Jr. So just kind of remove that from your head right now. Hopefully he can, he can contribute consistently. Now, the last thing that he needs to potential, uh, potential concern, we already discussed a little bit, which is cleaning up the turnovers. Now, I think overall, he's going to be a really nice addition at the point guard position for the Golden Gophers. I think if he can, uh, one thing I didn't really notice or see a lot of in there was the pick and roll game. But again, this is just uh, some highlights out there, some huddle film out there. So I'm more than confident he can adjust to it, especially seeing as he's averaging five assists per game in multiple years, basically. So I don't have too much of a concern with that. So getting into a natural flow with Dawson Garcia will be huge for this offense. Now, ball handling is probably better than anybody on the roster last season. So that's going to be a well-liked contribution from him. He can be a scorer. He can get points up, but don't get caught up in just the scoring points. If your first thought when seeing the addition was, wow, he only scores 10 or 11 points a game, stop that. 
cut it out because basketball is not just about scoring points and many out there that solely think, oh, well, scoring points, that's the biggest thing. Like if you don't score enough points, you're not a good player. No, if you solely care about that, then either you are a player who didn't play highly competitive basketball at the high school or collegiate level, or you just weren't very good players. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying it to be honest, because if you can know your role and contribute and do what's asked upon you every night consistently, that is what helps get you to a contending level, to a team that can be feared. If you have a point guard that is expected to go out there and get five to six assists out there and help set up plays for your other teammates and then knock down some threes consistently at a good clip, if you can go and do that, that's the role they want you to do and then play defense consistently. That's going to contribute in a manner that can help. And then if Dawson Garcia is seen as our scorer, then yes, you're expecting him to consistently get you 15 plus points a night. And then you look at Braden Carrington, who you're not looking at to be some huge 20 point scorer, 17 point scorer. Braden Carrington's role right now is to be a lockdown defender, be maybe the best defender on the team on the court and then hit threes consistently when they come up, not to be out there throwing up 20 threes a game, 15 threes a game, 10 threes a game. No, maybe if you're shooting five threes a game, we want to see three to four of those go down. So that way we can keep this thing alive. Those are the roles that are starting to carve out for some of these players. And that is how you get to a level where your competition is like, whoa, you got to think about this player in this manner and this player in this manner. How do we take this away? Well, if we take this away, what are they going to attack with? That's where it starts to get more complex. If you just have a player that's, oh, we want 10 points from him, 15 points from him, get it done. However, you're not going to find success that way. So I like the addition overall. I think it's going to be a beneficial one for the Gophers, and I'm excited for this point guard to come and lead the way. Now, we'll talk about other names that maybe the Gophers could be adding with Mike Mitchell Jr. coming up soon, but we got to talk about our boy Jamison Battle because there are some rumors out there, and they cut deep. They hurt a little bit, and could he really be heading to the Big Ten still? Not on the Gophers? We're going to talk about that coming up next. First, a word from our friends over at FanDuel. Now, the NBA playoffs are almost here, and it's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook. Because new com- customers, you still get a chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. All you have to do is download this FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. And The bonus bets happen if you don't win your first bet. So basically, you're going to be a winner of some sort after you place your first bet. You can bet on anything from spread, money line, player points, rebounds, and other props. Or you can even try to do more exclusive bets like the 2x3 where you're checking out two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. There's all sorts of different crazy ways, unique ways to get involved. All you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on for your no first or no sweat first bet. Every, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook betting partner of Lockdown. Gophers fans, Gophers fans, Gophers fans. It really might be happening. Jamison Battle could be going to another Big Ten school. That one just hurts. It cuts deep. I know he had a struggle year last year. I know some people maybe soured on him, thought he was just chucking the ball up and 
spaces where he shouldn't have or iso too much or had the ball in his hands and slowed it down too much. I get it. I get it. That being said, Jameson was one of us. He was from Minnesota. He was repping out for the city. He had a year where he averaged over 17 points a game and was one of the best players in the entire Big Ten Conference, even through the struggles. I got love for Jameson Battle. I think the usage that we had with him and Dawson Garcia last year, it wasn't the most efficient thing. I think the coaches could have used those players better in different aspects. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But could we actually have to play against Jameson Battle multiple times a year? That one would hit a little bit different. That one, in my opinion, would not be so fun. So why could it be happening? And what schools? Because it's not just one school interested. In Jameson Battle in the Big Ten, it is multiple, which shouldn't surprise us, I guess, because he's balled out on some teams in the Big Ten. But why is this going to happen? Why is this even a thing? And who is the number one contender? Well, it looks like Indiana has a foot above many other schools. They had an in-home visit with Jason or Jason Jameson Battle. And you know what? It's a little concerning. Now, why would one player, why would this hurt so much? Why would it be weird? Why would it feel wrong? Well, one, we would have to play against him, someone we've known to love, come to love over the years. Two, the anticipation was that he was going to go and go pro. He, he desired to go pro. He wanted to go pro, whether that meant overseas, whether that meant G League, whether that meant taking a shot at the NBA and seeing what happens. That was what we were told was the, the the move. That was the move. But now all of a sudden it's looking like, you know what, we might be playing another year in college, transferring and getting that NIL money. And that is another potential reason on why this bad boy is happening. But another reason why it cuts deep is number three. It's not only that we would have to play him, but he would be in conference. Every time you look at those standings, you know Jameson Battle is contributing to another team. And that just cuts deep. That just hurts a little bit. Might not hurt a lot. It might not make a huge impact. Who knows? But it cuts a little bit. Cuts a little bit deep. Now, number four, losing both Sarah Scalia, who went out and did great things for Indiana last year. And I think she has one more year of eligibility left. Maybe. I could be wrong there. Having to see her possibly do it again. And then Jameson battle to Indiana. You feel my pain there. You see, you see, you get it. You're starting to be like, oh, man, that doesn't sound good. But then five, you just know that the game that Jameson Battle goes off because he goes off in multiple games, drops 31, hits a bunch of threes, hits step backs, hits game winners. That's what he can do. It's in his arsenal. He's a six, seven wing that's got the touch. You know that those games would happen against Minnesota. It would just hit different. You know it would happen. So those are the reasons why it's just absolute fooey if he goes to Indiana. I'll be hurt. It'll stink. But overall, why is Jameson Battle considering the change in the first place? Well, if you could go pro, maybe make 100000 overseas. Maybe if you're lucky, a little bit more than that, 150000 200000 overseas. Or you're like, I'm taking the G League route because I want to hit, get a chance at trying to Ball out in the G League, get to the NBA like a Fred Van Vliet, like a, uh, there's been multiple players that have gotten it done, come from G League, scrap their way through it, 
and got to the NBA, that's the route I want to go. But you're making forty to fifty thousand dollars a year in the G League, or hear me out, you can potentially stay in the United States of America for one more season, go to a school that makes the NCAA tournament consistently and has a high value NIL support, has boosters willing to shell out that money and maybe get $200,000 in a year and staying in the U.S. and playing in a top conference like the Big Ten or the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12, whatever you say. I mean, I think about it too. $200,000 staying in the U.S., forty dollars to $50,000 staying in the U.S. or going overseas for $100,000. It makes sense. I get it. And then you add to the fact that Jameson Battle has never played in an NCAA tournament game with George Washington or Minnesota. He has never had a winning college season. You add that to that maybe one season of more money, that just adds to the fire. I get it. I don't even blame him for it. Regardless, I'm going to have love for Jamison Battle. I'm going to cheer for him wherever he's at. I won't cheer for him against the Gophers if he's playing against us, but I've got love for him. Some very memorable hot shooting nights watching Jamison Battle at the barn. So overall, it was great to see him at home. Wish him nothing but the best, but we're moving forward even without Jamison Battle. Now, other schools that have interest outside of Indiana include Xavier, who was a three seed in the tourney this past year. LSU, who NIL-wise, they're going to have all the money in the world to try to make a worthwhile offer. Illinois has thrown their hat into the ring. This one would hurt as well in the Big Ten, but I'm not surprised to see so many Big Ten teams interested because they've seen what he can do and what they've schemed against him. They know how his game works. But I would be surprised to see a lot of Big Ten teams considered but Illinois and Indiana, those ones, they make a little bit of sense. Now, I think Illinois, with the upside of guys like a Dane Danger, Terrence Shannon Jr., if he's back, if he doesn't go to the NBA, and then Jameson Battle could step right into that Matthew Mayer role. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility, I think. Iowa State, who we've seen Minnesota kids have success going to Iowa State and Gabe Kalsher. Last year, they were streaky. They could beat a Kansas or a Texas or a Kansas State And then they would lose silly ones, like their round one loss. So up and down team, but definitely could see the interest there. Arkansas has shown some interest. And then he's also rumored to have interest from teams like Ohio State, Nebraska, Clemson, Utah, Wake Forest, Oklahoma, and a few others. So lots of teams out there vying potentially for Jameson Battle. I saw him on a list out there that he was in the top 15 transfer prospects in the portal. So he's going to get some love. He's going to get some looks. He's going to get a new home if he truly wants to go back to college basketball for a final year. But I think it really depends on that NIL. I think that is the number one reason why Jameson Battle would do something like this and to be on a team that could have success to try to boost any draft capital at all for the 2024 season. Now, in the end, it actually might be a benefit for Minnesota long-term because playing inside out through Dawson Garcia was the strength of this team. We didn't really see them do that till later in the season. And a lot of the beginning of the season, it was kind of a mess, a little bit of trying to find a balance and a conglomeration of using Jameson Battle's skill sets, using Dawson Garcia's skill sets, getting the young guys caught up. There was so much happening that it was hard to find any glimmer of hope or success in there. Then Dawson Garcia goes down and things still don't look that good. Jameson Battle 
has a couple games where he steps out, but nothing where he just kind of takes over and says, I am still that guy. And so maybe it's for a benefit because Dawson Garcia will be the focus of the offense and you'll start to build things, hone in on roles and congeal this thing without Jamison Battle moving forward. So there's less of that tension, less of that confusion out there on the floor. Now, as much as I would have liked to see the Gophers have Jamison Battle and Dawson Garcia just absolutely ball out in two different ways. I talked about it on the show multiple times that if we had moments where it's just Jamison Battle and the right people around him, and then just moments where it's just Dawson Garcia and the right people around him, and then you find ways to close the halves with the two on the floor and creating threats in multiple different ways, multiple different looks, and finding that balance of how their games fit, but not always having them on the floor together, that was intriguing to me. But the Gophers didn't really end up doing that consistently ever. So when you're having Dawson Garcia, you set him up with guys like Talon Cooper, with uh, guys who can space the floor in the corner, so that way you're working it inside. If a double comes down, he can kick it out to whoever's open on the three-point line who can knock it down, a Carrington, a Jaden Henley maybe. Or you set it up with Talon Cooper in the pick-and-roll game and allow him to create. We saw the post-to-post touches with Pharrell Payne. Maybe that was a five that was perfect to fit around Garcia is spacing out Henley and Carrington out on the threes, having Pharrell Payne who can work inside and out or work post to post with them and having Talon Cooper facilitate that thing. Maybe that was the five for Garcia. And then you move with Jamison Battle and you've got someone who can be aggressive with him and a Joshua Joseph who can still swing the ball around. You've got uh, different players that play to their skill sets. So that way he can come off of different screens. Pharrell Payne probably still out there setting screens or off ball screens to help him find his shot, get him into areas, or have Jameson battle himself, create an isolation. We didn't see enough of the things catered to their styles of play in separate moments to create different attacking approaches from the offense. And when they were on the floor together, it kind of didn't, they looked like who, who takes it here? Who do we defer to? Who does what? It just wasn't gelling. So that, that project was a little bit of a failure there. And overall, I think that it will be more beneficial for the Gophers to be able to focus on one key scoring feature while also contributing with a Pharrell Payne in his spots or with a Braden Carrington in his three-point spots, letting Caden Betts and Cam Christie start to come into their own. I think it can be a helpful thing. And now you've got Mike Mitchell Jr. as well, ready to knock down a step-back three, uh, drive and attack, hit the pick-and-roll game with Garcia, maybe hit a floater inside, attack aggressively. Different ways we can approach this thing. So we'll see how it all comes together. But the last thing we want to talk about here at Lockdown Golden Gophers today is what other transfer could be interests of the Gophers. That's what we're talking about coming up next. Gophers fans, thank you so much for listening once again. Please hit subscribe over on YouTube and join the community. Let me know your thoughts about Jamison Battle down in the comments. Let me know your thoughts about Gophers hoops. How do we move forward? How do we get a little bit better each and every day? And are there any transfer names that pique your interest? Now, names that I've heard the Gophers have interest in is Jackson Pavletsky, Jalen Cohn, Ishmael Leggett, and Greg Dolan. Those are some names to keep an eye on moving forward. We're going to talk about them just real quick, real brief on here. But Jackson Pavletsky is the guy that I have the most interest in overall. And hopefully I, I see the Gophers are interested. I see multiple coaches have been uh, in following with him. He's a 6'3 freshman of the year in the Southern Conference last season with Wofford. He has, we have competition when it comes to him and trying to get his services with Gonzaga, 
Arkansas, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, LSU, and more. Lots of big schools in there, so we'll see if we can really pull this thing off. But he averaged 15 points a game on 49.3% shooting from the field in 33 games. He also shot nearly 40% from three-point with 39.3, and he was an 84% free throw shooter for all of those worried. Now, he also scored in double digits in 28 of 33, so he can find a way to create a bucket. He's a young guy. He's got a lot of eligibility left. And the biggest question would be, can he mesh well with Mike Mitchell Jr., or does that addition take away any chance that the Govers have? Because I think the number one thing of why he would come to Minnesota is playing time and being close to home. I believe he's from the Wisconsin area, so the fact that Wisconsin is in on him as well might not be a big benefit to the Gophers. We'll see what happens there. But overall, I think they could be a good tandem of guards. They could both be the starters, one and two. And I think we've seen Mike Mitchell Jr. play off ball a little bit. I think Jackson could probably do the same. So that is the number one name I am watching and interested moving forward. You've also got Jalen Cohn over at Northern Arizona. He can score. He can facilitate a little bit. Uh, I don't know how well him and Mike Mitchell Jr. would mesh, but he can be a true scoring threat. He averaged over 17 points a game, so maybe he can play a true two. Maybe he can play off ball a lot more and find him scoring opportunities and can be more of that that complement to Dawson Garcia. We have competition on him from Ole Miss, Auburn, Memphis, Stanford, and San Diego State. So a lot up in the air there, but those two guards are definitely high on the Gophers' lists. And then you've got Ishmael Leggett, and he is from Rhode Island, guard six foot three, two years of eligibility left, averaged 17 points a game, six rebounds a game, three assists a game, and two steals per game. He gets it done on the defensive side of the court, and that's another player that that's what you're looking for, someone who can contribute defensively, give you that effort, give you the consistency, and give you the scrappy hard work, the deflections, and all that, which has been a staple at Rhode Island for years. So you got a player that has shown they can do that. And we have competition on him from Butler, Georgia, Ohio State, and Arkansas. So those schools don't necessarily scare you too much. I mean, Arkansas was an attorney, so we'll see what happens. But I think overall, if you can convince him, hey, you can come here, you can be a starting two, you can be a big-time defender, you can still be a go-to scorer, averaging 17 points a game, you can be our number two scorer behind Dawson Garcia, you guys can play together and really build this thing from the ground up. Maybe that sells him. Maybe that convinces him. So those are the top three names, I would say. Jackson, Pavletsky, Jalen Cohn, and Ishmael Leggett. Those are the three guards that the Gophers are probably looking at the most. There's another player that was named as a player of interest from Cornell and Greg Dolan. He's a shooting guard, six foot three. He's a senior graduate. So that way he has one year of eligibility left. 13.3 points a game, 3.6 rebounds a game, 3.5 assists per game. But he shot 48 per from the floor, 43% from three-point. He can knock down that three-pointer very consistently. One of the better players in the country when it comes to steals and creating deflections. He has one year of eligibility, like I said, but he's a good floor spacer and he works on defense. So that is something that would work well with what Coach Ben Johnson is trying to get in place here. But I don't know if they're truly going to be in on him. Now, he is a leader as well and a two-time captain. So he's a guy that piques my interest all on Michael Jones from last year. But like we saw, the Gophers maybe talked to Michael Jones once or twice last year, and then it just seemed like things fell off. I could see the same thing with Greg Dolan. So I'm not getting my heart set on that one. But Jackson Pavletsky, 
Jalen Cohen and Ishmael Leggett are the three guys to really hone in on and keep an eye on for the Gophers in this transfer portal. Now, that's a lot of guards, and the guards were a very big position of need for Minnesota last year. I'm not going to front on that one. But that said, the release of Dennis Evans, the, who committed to Louisville now, the transfer of Trayton Thompson, who wasn't getting a lot of time, but he was seven-footer, and when the bigs get in trouble, sometimes that's a guy you could put out there on the floor. And then you think about the injury to Dawson Garcia and the consistent foul issues from Pharrell Payne right now. All of that. And one would think Minnesota would really be in on a big on of some sort, a rim protector, a guy who can clean up on the glass. So a glass cleaning rim protector for all those who are out there playing 2K and whatnot. You'd think that would be a focus for the Gophers. I haven't seen their name in on anybody of that sort right now. So that is what I'm really trying to hone in on, key in on and figure out. Is that a priority for this team? You would think it would be. I'm hoping it will be. But We'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted on that here at Locked On Golden Gophers. That's going to do it for us on today's show. I hope you have a great rest of the Sunday. I hope you get to watch Iowa and LSU, the championship game tonight. I'll see you tomorrow where we're going to have a great football show. Until then, row the boat, Skyima, go Gophers, and subscribe on YouTube.